0: Only Mark Marquez could steal the show by finishing a MotoGP race in 7th. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. You know, it's going to be an interesting one when the race itself isn't even the opening topic. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Episode 471 of Motorsport 101. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Dre Harrison. Glad you could join us. As ever on Motorsport 101. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about Moto GP San Marino Grand Prix at the Misano Circuit, Marco Simoncelli. We miss him very much. Um, yeah, this this was this was a strange Moto GP weekend, let me tell you. This was a weekend where the racing felt like the sideshow. It's a really, really peculiar one, and we'll get into a lot of detail about it in a minute because uh there's potentially some big ramifications that are, that are on the line regarding, and you can probably guess this, Japanese motorsport. Um, in shocking news, if you've been listening to the show regularly over the last, God, year and a half at this point, we'll have to wait and see. But um, let's get into it. Let's go around the hall as ever. Uh, first up, uh, RJ O'Connell. Good to see you, big man. How's it going? Great to be back.
1: Um, and good news everybody. If you're worried, no, we don't have any mortifying accidents to talk about this weekend. Thank, thank
0: heavens. God, <laughs> thank God uh, that that is automatically an improvement on last week. Yeah. Um. Although we almost match in terms of raw drama, isn't that right, Cam Buckley?
2: Um. I'm just here so I won't get fined. <laughs>
0: Biggest Honda fan in the world is about to mentally explode. Um, again. I, uh, I had to water cool my hands typing the set list
2: up for this uh nope. this, this show.
1: We need to hold you in the garage here for a bit, and we need to let the traffic work its way through before we send you out in this hot lap, partner.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is this is a wild one, and uh, yeah, I mean, anybody knows this this setup of the Honda podcast well. If you don't, because every show is somebody's first. I'm a pretty big Mark Marquez fan, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, like I'm, I, I love Marquez. I love, I love how he rides a bike. I've always been enamoured to to him since he got to, even before he got to the top flight. God, if he was in Moto Two. I was blown away by this dude. Um, Cam is is a devout, every week church sitting member of the Church of Honda. Well, um, I, well I my first vehicle
2: was an old Honda motorcycle. Um. And, uh, well, it, it's, it's in better shape than most of the 213Vs have been this year, because uh, they keep ending up in gravel, or air fences, or grass.
0: Well, the good news is they all came home this weekend. That's a plus, right? Yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> I, I feel like we're still waiting for some of them. In fact, one of them never <laughs> even got going.
1: And, um, and from my own experience, uh, anytime I've been aware of Mono GP, there's never been a Repsol Honda bike that has not been at the front most of that time Mm. Uh, for reasons that we'll get into that has changed and also from the moment I first saw him in a MotoGP bike Mark Marquez's riding style has been just the kind of stuff that I tell non-motorcycle riders about he is he's I liken him to baseball legend Mike Trout who has now wasted like the last handful of years in his prime hurt and on a team that is going
0: nowhere in a hurry.
2: Yeah, that pretty much fits the bill perfectly, RJ. More You've or less, that one spot on.
0: Yeah, um, we'll get into that a little bit later. Congratulations,
2: yes. Repsol Honda! You are now <laughs> the Angels,
0: and you don't have a Shohei Otani in the woodwork. No, you do No, you absolutely do not. Um, in fact, and anything, then he'll leave you too. Yeah, probably at the end of this season, anyway. To, but go, right, uh,
1: to go ride on
0: a blue bike. Uh, Well, hey, that's good for you, Trey, if that deal does go through. As a Dodgers fan, I have no complaints about this situation whatsoever. Mookie for MVP. (laughs) Anyway, um, we'll be talking a little bit about that. Obviously, Mark Marquez and how he became the dominant show of this weekend and how he got most of the media center and fits plus some behind the scene chats as a guy that is lucky enough to be in the racist Slack group regarding MotoGP. Obviously I won't give away obviously the big secrets, but I'll let you in on some little tidbits <laughs> on that here and there. As well, uh, I, I, I listened to some of the big dudes cook about this and it was fascinating to watch in the background. Let me tell you, um, of course, Uh, We're also talking about the race itself. Jorge Martín, by the way, um, absolutely dominated the weekend. Uh, Maximum points, all 37 of them, um, would comfortably win the sprint in the Grand Prix itself. And just like that, he's kind of back in the title picture again. Um, Uh, Distantly. A little bit. He's he's uh,
2: waving waving in a field in the distance. Hey, remember me?
0: Yeah, he's, a, he's he's barely back within a race weekend, which I guess is good. Um, so yeah, we'll talk it, a, it
2: only took Peco Begnaia nearly dying and then yeah. riding
0: hurt. So we'll talk a little bit about that, and we'll talk a little bit about KTM's current situation in their silly season market, because, hey, isn't it nice when Danny Pedrosa comes back? Uh, it I think is. That Uncle Danny was back, and Uncle Danny rode very fucking well, and he's kind of made everybody like him look a little bit silly this weekend. We'll get into some of that a little bit later on as well. But basically, you can find us, and I'll keep this real quick because we've we, we Cammy's be chomping at the bit here. Um, motorsport101.com is the website. Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport101 if you want to follow us on there and back us financially if you really, really want to. It includes early access and potentially live listening as well if you are that way inclined. Social media wise you can find us at motorsport underscore 101 on on twitter you can follow us at motorsport 101 pod on instagram um and if you want to follow us personally you can at dre underscore wtf1 at rj o'connell and c buckley 917 you can follow us all individually on there so right after this let's talk about the mark marquez show
1: This weekend was dominated by Mark Marquez, as it often is, but now especially more than ever. Uh, Speed Week, a Red bull publication, originally reported that Mark was on the brink of a switch to Grissini Racing Team for the 2024 season, breaking off his current contract with Honda Motor Company early. The optics behind the potential move were sketchy until... The Misano test on monday after the grand prix where marquez openly admitted for the first time that he could leave at the end of this 2023 season and he'll know for sure by Sapang in november i did also like this quote from a recent uh marquez interview with the uh, spanish wing where he mm. said before all this test went down i know where i'll be racing in 2024 as of today i have a contract with honda but they've put my name on all the bikes someone will get it right won't they <laughs> obviously just openly bit, trolling everybody now. openly just winding them up little by little um do you buy any the rumors behind a Marquez departure should he move well, let's cut to the chase gentlemen y'all cook for 30 minutes
0: um I'll I'll start this one uh, just to give uh, Cam a bit more time to
2: breathe
0: um <laughs> this like I'll cut to the overall chase quickly here. Mark Marquez is clearly trolling the media and the major really? personalities within within this. So I, I think any intelligent bike fan or any intelligent sports journal or any intelligent fan in, in general could point this out. He is trolling the ever loving shit out of people. The fact that he would be, was posting memes Like the joke about like it's the span. I found this out. It was the Spanish meme on on Thursday he posted about how Lionel Messi could never leave Barcelona, obviously in Spanish. And Marquez is laughing in the background as that quote plays because the story goes that you know Lionel Messi was a Barcelona loyalist to the core until Barcelona ran out of money. Because hey, amazingly paying your franchise payer nearly half a billion pounds in the long run might not be financially a good idea. Who knew? Um and obviously Marquez is a big Barcelona fan, which doesn't exactly help either. Um and as RJ pointed out earlier, he has basically done exactly what he mentioned to the zone where he's largely just trolled the ever-loving shit out of anyone that's asked him questions about his future to the media. Um, which has just been it's very unmarquez-like, is what I would say, because Marquez until now has been very careful. In talking about his future um he's largely kept himself to himself he's been like you know if you want to be cynical you could say he's been reading the company lines you know i've got a contract for next year i'm not going anywhere etc etc this weekend was different this weekend felt different and i'll, I'll let you in a little secret the, the, the part of the script that rj wrote out i wrote after the race on sunday the situation changed after the Misano test, because, and Cam, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. Misano was the first time Marquez has publicly acknowledged on the record that he could leave Honda.
2: That is correct. It's the first time where he has said anything other than I have a contract with Honda for next year, and right. basically left it at that. Right. Um, And that was with good reason, because, well... the the, the bike is shit the the 2024 bike is shit Um, first off in a decision that I can't quite piece together in my mind um, you may have noticed the last couple races Alex Rins' bike has been running their previous 2023 era well, that's because with Alex Rins leaving, keep in mind, Alex Rins has not ridden this bike for months because he destroyed his leg earlier this season. Mm-hmm. Back, in, back in the um, They don't want Rins leaving with any secrets. What secrets is he going to bring to Yamaha? <laughs> Congratulations, Alex Rins. You've traded garbage for trash. <sighs> Uh, well, I mean, Yamaha were pants this weekend, too. Um,
0: they were worse than Honda, which is saying something.
2: Yeah. Um, and then, then, Honda locked both Mark and Mir out of the data of Brattle's 2024 prototype. Wouldn't let them look at the data for their new bike.
1: Wait a minute, can't pass Mark yeah. Marquez still has a contract for Honda next year. Why would they want to lock a drive a rider who's out of contract out of that confidential data if they know he's going to be riding for them next year? Because
2: they're scared shitless.
0: Yeah, I was I was literally about to say there's no way they would lock him out unless they're shit scared he leaves at the end of the season. There's no there's no other feasible reason. Like, there is no logical reason why they would ever lock their star rider out of reading Stefan Bradle's data. But, like, I can't think of a possible conceivable way or reason to justify that. They have to know in their contract There is, there has to be some kind of clause where Marquez can walk away at the end of the year. There has to be. Like, Honda might have just given the game away without even realizing.
2: Yeah, because, uh, I mean, they're he's trying to help you fix it all the honda riders are unified in their criticism of the bike it has no rear grip no. they come out of a corner and it just it's spinning its rear tire all the way down the straight well you know a little thing about a moto gp bike about 80% of that you know rear tire and how it works the rear tires down to your engine characteristics well Honda didn't have their 2024 engine here. They might not have their 2024 engine for the Valencia test. How? They might not have it until the preseason February test in 2024 itself.
0: You're giving yourself one test to homologate your engine. Dre.
2: Honda Motor Company is worth 61 Billion United States clams.
0: Does that include the tip?
2: Is that a lot. That's a, that's a, that's a few McChickens.
1: Um, I'll buy they, a few were X-Box unable, 360s. they were
2: unable. They were unable to even get a fucking engine prototype to a test, just to try. I'll tell you what about Yamaha? At least they're trying.
0: they because, might, They're. Yeah. You, you the can't bar accuse, is nowhere. You, you can't accuse Yamaha of at least not trying.
2: <laughs> yeah. Fabio Quadraro may have torn them a new one and said, I expected much more from this test because this is more an overarching criticism of Japan in motorcycle racing right now. But you're the Honda Motor Company and they don't call it the Honda Motor Company for nothing. And you couldn't get your motor to the test to try you might not even have it for another eight months while your star rider is on the fence about leaving. A couple months ago, it looked like Mark was just going to have to suck it up and deal with it. By all accounts, he's got options. And they had 12 months more to get a new engine into the bike. I mean, let alone all the other problems with the bike right now, but they've had longer. But Mark gave them the ultimatum 12 months ago. Look, I busted myself on this bike, and I've got the scars to prove it. Now it's up to you to bust your ass to give me a bike I can win on, a bike that I can work with.
0: I'm not here to finish in tempt.
2: Mark Marquez does not arrive to a MotoGP racetrack to finish 10th. He has eight world championships to prove that. And they have nothing to show for it. They got on the 2024 bike, again, missing its intended engine. And they're all just saying it has all the same problems as the current bike. They didn't fix anything. Um... God,
1: what, yeah, what, what yeah, do I follow? We we what s- do we follow do we that s- up with? Let me let me just uh, give you the rundown of what Honda did this past weekend in Masana before the test. Mark Marquez finished seventh. Takahagi and Stefan Brattle finished outside the points as two last place riders. And who was riding the other LCR Honda? Why, that's Takubi Takahashi, who a month ago tied the record for the most overall wins at the Suzuka eight hours. He wasn't fast enough to qualify.
2: He literally qualified he, outside 105 and was, was not part. allowed. Yeah. and was not allowed to continue
0: on the weekend.
1: They let Kristoff Paulson race.
0: Oh yeah. my god! Um, at, at this very track as well, I remember it like it was yesterday. I mean, props I mean, to them for upping their standards, I guess. But yeah, the,
1: guys, it's not good. It's guys. not good. I expect
2: nothing, and I am in a glass case of disappointment. Like, I, oh, don't get me wrong. I'm not expecting them to overturn and, and, and create a Ducati killer overnight. And that should not be the expectation.
0: Give them something.
2: But there is nothing here. There's nothing here for them to try. It doesn't seem like they care whether Marquez walks or not. The greatest rider to ever suit up in HRC colors and stay there. And you can't even get it up to just give him something to try. Forget the riders. What is this doing to team morale in that
0: garage? It must be catastrophic at this point.
2: I mean, Mark Marquez was tying that bike into knots to finish seventh.
0: He rode out of his skin this weekend. He was incredible.
2: I mean, we're but- going to get to like the whole top eight can held their head very high in the way they rode. But Marc Marquez, 22 seconds ahead of the next Honda on the road. And vis- having to just subjugate the bike into corners to make it do what he needed it to do to get it to go quickly. Remember what I said last year when this thing turns in installments. There was one where he basically had to lean the bike over three different instances into the corner, yeah, to
1: keep it my from man, my man low My cornering on like a PlayStation Two uh, day pad.
2: Um, <laughs> hey, that's in some instances. That's the fastest way to drive in GT three. Um, they're 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 so they're beyond the stage of fucked. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to take off. I'm going to leave my four wheeled Honda badge on my chest. I'm going to rip off the two wheeled one for a minute. I hope he leaves. Wow. I hope Marquez walks because he deserves better. And if that's not going to wake up Honda, might as well just go home. Stay there. If Honda does not race, there is no Honda. That's what Mr. Honda said a very, very long time ago. It doesn't feel like they're racing right now.
0: I mean, first of all, that's the longest uh, note sheet that Cam has ever written on an M101 script. I'm very proud of him for that. Um, I need a water
2: cooler for my keyboard.
0: And He's not wrong. In in anything he said like this is like i find it baffling that honda showed mark marquez the biggest commitment it has ever given to a moto gp rider they gave him a four-year 100 million dollar plus contract and nine figures they gave Nine him figures. A, they gave the him biggest American
2: contract sport. in the history of
1: motorcycle racing. They gave him the kind of money that American sport ball players are just like, that's an above average contract.
0: Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, that's like mid-level in the NBA these days. Like, it's, it is it, it is stupid money. In MotoGP terms, I'll, I'll, I'll put it into perspective for you. That contract is twice the yearly amount Ducati paid Jorge Lorenzo when they signed him in 2017.
2: And that was picking up a five time world champion to try and drag a improving, but still you know, nowhere near what they have become.
0: Yeah. You could Gatti make an argument to arg- the yeah. promised land. You could make an argument that at the time Lorenzo was the best black rider on the planet. And I wouldn't well, laugh him out of the room. You know, it was, it was you, like Honda paid him twice as much. That was the biggest show of commitment it had ever given a rider.
2: You know what? But you know what, Dre? it was easy when they could hand him a shit bike and Mark would just manhandle the thing to crushing the field. You've
0: read my shit for years, Cam. Like I didn't, I didn't, I put the warning signs out during 2019. I was like, there is no, this is no functional way to run a team when Mark Marquez is putting up a 400 point season and Jorge Lorenzo, one of the greatest, one of the five or six greatest bike riders to ever walk this earth can barely get into the points on a weekly basis who was so disillusioned of the state of bike racing. He faked a retirement to quit.
2: Trey Honda are quite literally running out of bodies to throw at the problem. That's why they had to put Takumi Takahashi on the bike and they really didn't have many other options besides maybe Nagashima who probably would have been a better fit. But then we got to reward a guy for winning the Suzuka 8 hours.
0: But the, they they couldn't bring Nagashima because he was still stuck in Japan. They couldn't fly him out that quick. That was the mm. whole reason they couldn't they couldn't get him over there. Shout out well, to Lina how they got money, one.
1: they could start cloning dudes. Like <laughs> Put Awesome put Asuma on the bike.
2: <laughs> yeah, they can clone dudes but they can't even get a initial prototype of their 24 engine to the track for people to try.
1: You're, you're Honda. You put, uh, you put the prototype of your GT500 super-solid race car on the track this past week.
0: You have, in my opinion, the most naturally talented MotoGP rider the sport has ever seen, and you're on the brink of losing him a year early. The only man in the last decade.
2: Dre, well, they well, had a the- legitimate argument that you had the best rider lineup in all of motorcycle racing going into this year. Who was the outlier? Takenakagami, who is, like, upper mid? Alex Rins finished last year hotter than the surface of the sun. He won and a race, and then the bike broke, folded him like a papadilla.
0: Alex Rins has been a top three runner in this championship before. Top three.
2: Joanne Mir is a world champion. And the guy who was famous for... Bringing the bike home and consistency. He's finished what three races this year?
0: He wasn't here this weekend because he's still recovering from injury. This weekend he was back, but like even still, it was you know, he's had three Grand Prix finishes in I want to say 13 rounds this year. It's like this, like we said going into this year, Honda didn't have an excuse anymore when it came to rider quality. They had three of the five best riders on the planet under their roster and they have actually been even worse than they were last year
2: catastrophically this is like last year there was something to work with i mean at the end of last year mark was in a position where he could rip results out of the bike trying hard enough
0: he he was regularly in the top six still and this is worse. This is, this is I'm clinging on to dear life to stay in the points.
2: Yeah, he's having to take undo, r- risk to the point where, look, if Mark just stands the bike up and just gets it home, he's outside the top 10. There is no in between. It's either riding the thing so hard that he's practically crashing the thing every corner, um, or he's out of the top 10. At some races out of the points. I mean last race he what barely scraped a couple points.
0: How, 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 is, like, how is Honda not at panic stations right now?
2: And it's just it there's how? no there's no tug on the other end of the rope.
0: You need to have every single person in your motorsport department on this. He is the face of your entire motorsport division. He, he is a transcendent star like he is the best thing we've had since Valentino not even close no one else ever got, Like Fabio Quartararo is an incredibly likeable young man and a world champion and uh, the Gen X an superstar ex-
2: extraordinary motorcycle right.
0: rider and he is the Gen Z superstar that MotoGP has needed for a long time he does like 30% of the social media numbers that Mark Marquez does Marquez is a superstar like, he is the nearest we've had to Valentino since. Honda needs to be putting every possible resource it has towards fixing this problem. Otherwise, from a rider talent standpoint, they will never be this good again, ever. I str- I cannot stress this enough. Mark Marquez is, for me, the second greatest bike rider of all time. He rewrote the book on how to ride a motorcycle. You are on the brink of losing him. You're on the brink of losing another world champion. And you've already lost a top five rider in the sport in Alex Rins to go to your direct rival. What does that say about you? Going from Honda to Yamaha is unthinkable in MotoGP. It's the devil's work. No one does that. Valentino was the only guy who has ever done that, and he did it as a fuck you to Honda. He
2: did
0: yeah, it yeah, so intentionally it. You, know when, you
2: know when people do this? As a
0: fuck you walking out the door. No one does that. You do not cross the battle lines in Japan from one side to the other unless you do so out of spite, which is what Even Valentino in car Rossi
2: racing, did. Like going from Honda to, to Toyota or vice
0: versa is not
2: common as RJ will attest to
0: it's treason in most in that part of the world. (sighs) You do not do that. Like Vanti and Rossi 20 years ago, went to Yamaha out of spite. He did it because he he basically wanted to say to Honda, no, I can win on that bike too. I am, I am that good. And he proved how good he was because he did it immediately. He's the only rider in GP history to win back-to-back races with different manufacturers. That will probably never happen again. I can (laughs) actually
1: think of two riders that went from one Japanese manufacturer to another just recently. But the problem was, uh, if Yohan Mir and Alex Rins uh, wanted to stay in the sport, they didn't really have a choice. Yeah, they didn't have a choice. Suzuki, Suzuki
2: Suzuki, who were finishing out last year as maybe the bike to actually go blow for blow with Ducati on the right kind of track. Well, they just burned the entire fucking program to the ground. With Don't no do regard scandal. to where people with, with no regard to where people were gonna land.
1: Never do a mission um, scandals pl- folks. Uh and I guess there's also Jonathan Ray, but you know, Kawasaki to Yamaha World Superbikes, maybe a little bit different and also race pace. And that things. also
2: Well, and that also kind of feels like a fuck you to Kawasaki because he's been asking Kawasaki to fix their bike for three years and they've just gone backwards. Yep. Yeah. It's This hot said fuck Yamaha and just went to BMW who are awful in
0: World Superbike. So Brad was like, just, you know what? Fuck it. Just give me this bread, basically. Like, if, <laughs> if, if, <laughs> if, oh, not... Kanan. Oh, here it goes. Yeah. Like, look, he basically told, he basically said, listen, if I'm, if I'm going to finish second all the time, at least give me a better ba- a better paycheck to do it. This, this is like, in, in terms of MotoGP, you don't go from Honda to Yamaha or vice versa. You just don't. It's it's something you just don't do. There's a reason Lin Jarvis has said on the record he would never sign a Marquez brother ever again, right? Like there is beef between those two sides. Alex Rins crossed the battle lines. I like like that. I mean, look, if Yamaha even give Alex Rins a morsel, that's the best team in MotoGP without question. You've got two of the four best riders in the world, in my opinion. Like, if Mark Marquez leaves Honda, they will never have a better rider lineup in their history ever again. Ever. Because who who are you going to get to even give you five percent of what Mark Marquez can do in a MotoGP bike at the think highest level? There's Acosta? no one there.
1: Do you think Pedro Acosta wants any of this? Even
0: if Why the hell
2: would Pedro Acosta touch Yamaha when he know he has KTM wrapped around his fingers?
0: And KTM is in a is in a much better place as an overall bike compared to anything out of Japan right now. Yeah, this is like, KTM being a bit down compared to where they were last year.
2: Yeah, like KTM, like Pedro Acosta can basically, he holds the cards, I think, in that situation where. He does. Like, as far as KTM, they have four bikes. As far as I can see right now, three of them are expendable if you need to get Acosta in. Right. Jack Miller, who we'll touch on later, has hasn't been doing jack shit.
0: Like maybe so we'll there's like, like, Acosta has superstar potential. I have no doubt about that, but he's not. He's, and he knows that too. Like, like I've read interviews of him. He's a very intelligent man beyond his 18 years. He wouldn't touch Honda with a barge pole right now. Like he's been promised to KTM. He will take a KTM. And right now KTM is in a far better place to win anything in MotoGP compared to Honda. KTM can still challenge Ducati at their very best right Danny now. Danny
2: Pedrosa just gave Peco Bagnaia a fit for an entire race.
0: And an entire sprint.
2: On a prototype bike that is not fully refined yet.
0: Carbon fiber. The whole frame was out of carbon fiber. We ain't seen that in a good decade.
2: <sighs> and God. They're trying.
0: Like They're trying. Aprilia are probably going to make an all-in play for Fabio Quartararo next year because Alicia Spagaro is likely retiring at the end of 2024. He's openly said this is probably his final contract in the sport.
2: I mean, look, to, to circle it back to Honda, end of 22 into 23, nothing they brought impressed anybody at the test. No. They started with the same bike they finished 22 with. Now they've had this test. No one's impressed. Probably going to run the same frame that they have been running. And now, now we're hearing they're not going to have what is intended for 24 ready at the end of 23. You're in the dumps and you haven't made any development progress. Basically since Australia last year when they introduced a big update, a big Arrow update there
0: unacceptable
2: the only thing they've brought this year is the aero they're running now which improves the bike in some places hurts it in others because they missed the bike on aero pun intended and now they've uh now they're
0: trying to catch back up japan reckons they're three years behind the eight board on aero three years how how well, do you make ground on that
1: Well, I know one way that we can make ground on this and level the whole playing field out, but that's an option that MotoGP does not want to take.
0: The earliest we will likely see that is 2027. Because that's the next major regulation change for MotoGP. Hmm. So Honda Honda can't afford to wait for four years. Most other parties... We know Mark won't. Mark certainly won't. Mark Marquez is 30 years old. He's entering the the back end of his prime as a bike rider now. It's freaking scary to think about. Like he's been um, in sport um, for a
1: decade.
0: Yeah, he's done. This is this is his tenth season in the in the top flight. He debuted in twenty thirteen. This is year ten for Mark Marquez. He's won world titles in six of them, and he and that was six out of the first seven years he was in the top flight. Like. He's seen Honda when they're bad. He's seen Honda now, and it's even worse. I'm going to put a neat little bow on this by saying Honda needs every every resource it can get. To, it needs to be. It needs to be doing whatever it needs to do to keep Mark Marquez on that bike. You have nothing without Mark Marquez, and unfortunately. Honda are ultimately responsible for being in this mess in the first place where Mark Marquez was the only person who could ride this bike. You reap what you sow. You've put, you've put Marquez on such a pedestal and expected him to bail you out so many times you can no longer do that because you don't know how to develop a bike properly in the aero era of this sport. So you need to get back to Honda and get back to Mategi, beat all your heads together and figure something out. Because if you don't give him something by the end of the year, he will walk and you will. I'm sorry. I I respect him greatly as a bike rider. Johan Zarko is not that guy. Takanakagami is not that guy. Johan Mir, sadly, with his record at Honda so far, is not that guy.
2: And forget not finding that replacement guy. If you plug Mark Marquez into a Ducati, God help us all. Even if it's a year old.
0: Oh, Francesco Bagnaia said it himself. He wants Mark Marquez on a Ducati because he thinks he can take him on at that level. Everyone in that paddock knows that Mark Marquez is still the best bike rider in the world. Fabio Fabio will openly say it. Francesco Bagnaia will openly say it. They know how good Mark Marquez is. Like, They are sitting at home in the back of their heads and they're probably thinking, thank God Marquez isn't on a competitive bike. Because if it is, we know what he can do with it. He can do more with it than any rider we've ever seen in this sport, even more than Valentino.
1: Yeah, these last few years with bad breaks with injuries and bad bites have cost this young man a chance to really rocket up the record books.
2: Yeah, he's like. Oh, he's like, he's, mere, he's merely a, a a clear third in pretty much every statistical category.
0: Second in a bunch of other places. He should be knocking on the door for first right now. He yes, should be. he should. Because he's lost four years of his prime. There's no getting around that fact.
2: This is and not. At good the end enough. of the day, I mean, even without the arm break, right? I think it, it, remove the arm break, remove the injury in 2020. I still think by 22, Honda's completely out of gas.
0: We probably would have gotten to this point anyway. It's just we would have
2: fact- gotten to this point, I think, going into 22, when Ducat- when Peco finally said to Ducati, no, don't give me more horsepower. Give me more rideable horsepower. And for once,
0: Ducati actually listened. Because and Ducati Gigi listened to, the- to their rider. Yeah. Gigi Delinea's stubbornness cost him at least another two more years of Andrea De Viziozo, who was, at the time, the second best rider in the world. They're lucky right now they still have the second best rider in the world under their wing right now, and they're even luckier that number one is, in, is incapable of riding at that level at the moment. Put him on a Grissini, danger is what I would happily say. Mm.
2: I did did like the rumor that uh, pretty Mm -hmm. much came out that Ducati's uh, racing bosses said, we don't want Marquez anywhere near one of our bikes, and then supposedly Ducati's
0: CEO said, run that by me again? I'm sorry. What you do? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We don't want Mark Marquez. Are you on crack? um But he might no, leave no, no. us.
1: But he might leave us soon or uh, later. We
0: don't Shut care. Up. Shut the fuck up. Um, is what they <laughs> basically said to them Go sign that man. Ask questions later. You could sign.
1: A, you could sign a race. A string of one race deals for us. I don't give a shit. Put him on our bikes. I
0: mean, gentlemen. Uh,
1: okay, uh, we got to talk about a little bit about like the race itself. We've done
0: 35 minutes about talking about the actual. Race. That's quite That's impressive right. for us. That's right.
1: Uh, again, Mark Marquez, even after losing four years in his prime, still moves the needle like nobody else. But well, Jorge look, two things.
2: Yeah. First of all, mercifully, we don't have to talk about a mortifying accident this weekend.
0: Thank goodness. But thank goodness. Thank
2: God for that. But uh Jorge Martin, he uh he showed up for this one. He dominated both the sprint and and the Misano Grand Prix itself, winning both comfortably ahead of Marco Buzecchi and his mangled hand, and Fra- Francesco Bagnaia and his mangled shins to finish third <laughs> in both races, despite barely being able to walk. He was run over by a bike a week ago. What do you guys make of the race itself and the performances within?
1: I got no concepts for anything else other than Francesco Bagnaia is the best rider right now for riding through that and getting two podiums out of it. That's a champion's ride. Oh,
0: like, like honestly, I would love to know what the inside of a MotoGP medical is like, because for those who don't know, if you're declared unfit at the end of a race weekend, you have to clear a medical on Thursday morning for the next race weekend, so you're signed off as fit to be able to race. Francesco Bagnia was run over by Bradbin the four days beforehand with multiple contusions on his legs and he was deemed fit. Do not ask me how, I've got nothing. I, I've got nothing for you here. I am not that's, a doctor. That's either a
1: miracle am... of modern medicine and the human spirit or just negligence.
0: Or, or it's both. It's, it's right, I would either, say it's, a little bit of both. It's either negligent stupidity, or it's the opening scene of Rush. I'm not sure which one it is, personally. Um, but if you know, you know. Um, but it's, 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 it's a weird one for me because, like... Okay, it's not a re- Okay, long, long choice, but it's not a weird one. What I will say is... If Francesco Bagnaia goes on to win the championship this year, and he's a good, there's a good chance he will, because he has been, for me, the absolutely the best rider in the sport this year, this is the weekend we'll likely remember for it most. Like, this was... Like, to put it into perspective, Bagnaia had to lower the ride height device of his bike just to be able to get off it and walk. And even then, he could barely walk in the first place. He was gingerly, Walking over to his team to celebrate because he could barely walk on his own power, and he was still incredibly fast all weekend long. And at, at his best, he was keeping up with Jorge Martin. In fact, he rode, knowing what we know about his injuries, he rode a perfect race. He had an, he had the exact game plan in mind. He was I'm going to throw the full weight of my of my speed at Martin early. And try to overtake him early before my leg gives way. It was a perfect game plan. He wasn't quite able to execute it. He ended up sinking to third in the end, because I think I think the adrenaline wore off about, uh, about half distance. And I think it took him about four or five laps to get it back. I.e. to, you know, adapt and figure it out from there. Because he still had enough pace to keep Danny Pedrosa behind him. And we'll get into more on that in a little bit, but. Bagnaglia had no business racing this weekend. And any sane person would call you crazy for even attempting that bullshit. Bagnaya left the weekend with 23 points. 16 for the third place. More than race. anyone could have asked of him. Yeah, like that was, that was, and I, I don't like using this term because I like I, I said last week, I think we gladiatorialized the persevering nature of this sport sometimes. That was a superhuman performance from Francesco Bagnaglia. That was utterly ridiculous. Like, that, that man's got grit, and he had no business riding like that this weekend, and he was still competitive and as fast as he's been all year. Like, that is... Like, if, if, if he wins the title this year you will circle Misano as that a weekend. Because some of his performances can be a bit forgettable. Sometimes, you know, his wins can be a bit dull when he's completely ripping seconds out of the field at the front, like we saw in Austria. This one, with the yellow Ducati, beautiful thing, by the way. This is the one. This is the one that people will remember. Because that was a special performance.
2: I would say so. I mean... Say that about him, you can say that about Marco Bezcchi effectively competing this weekend with one one hand. Right. Which um his hand was mangled. I I don't know how those two
0: I don't know how those two got those spikes on the podium. If, if you saw his hand in the press conferences, he has about... I don't
2: like, I don't want to think about it.
0: He has, like, <laughs> bent fingers, and he's got, like, half a pound of bandages wrapped around the majority of his hand, because he broke it in that... He broke bones in his hand in that Catalonia pileup we had last week, and it kind of went underreported for obvious and understandable reasons. Um but he still rode through it and was keeping up with Martine for, like, three quarters of the races in question. Like, again, like, Bez was phenomenal this weekend. Like, in fact, I would go one further. The top eight in this race weekend all rode brilliantly in their own way. Like,
2: yeah, I mean, let's, uh, let's, let's go down the list. I mean, Jorge Martin, flawless. Perfect. The, the, the kind of weekend that really, like, he should have because he is an incredibly talented motorcycle rider yeah. and oftentimes tends to throw it away.
0: His qualifying performance go out of your way to watch.
2: It was one of the laps of the year. Um, Marco Bezzecchi, as mentioned. Francesco Banyaya, as mentioned.
1: Danny Pedrosa, you know, D4. Wonderful. It's like he never left. You know, I can think of a Japanese factory who could really use his veteran experience and know-how in developing a bike.
0: They've and coincidentally, been...
1: they just have blue and orange
0: bikes right now. They've never been the same since he's left. No. like Padro- Danny Pedrosa knows how to... Like, let me put it to you this way. There is a reason Danny Pedrosa got a pair of stand innovations when he got back to the KTM garage. They love him in that camp. They they were throwing him up into the air for finishing fourth. They adore him. Why? Because he's busted his ass to turn KTM into a genuine contender. Like, like, I, like I, I mentioned this briefly when we had the Austria episode, because obviously that was KTM's home round. They put a special picture on Twitter of Pedrosa arm-in-arm arm with Mika Calio with the quote, we couldn't be here if it wasn't for you two. That's how important these two figures are to KTM because it's their development and their hard work that has made... There's been a big reason to why KTM and the, and the factory that they are. And Pedrosa... Was running with the reigning world champion at age thirty-eight. It's we the dude. He is the second oldest rider to ever have a top-four finish in MotoGP. You can probably guess who the other one is. Um, <laughs> um, give you a hint. He likes yellow. Yeah, he's the only other rider that ever finished in the top four at age thirty-eight or higher. It's uh, that's how good Dani Pedrosa is. Yeah, like like that's. Again, insane. Maverick, is maybe like the least special of the performers out there, but still top Aprilia in fifth place. Can't ask for much more than that. Um, again, was very solid. Like, again, Miguel, Miguel Oliveira doing very good work on last year's Aprilia as well. Like in-
2: RNF is starting to kind of get their shit back together. It's been a while since that team and indeed its previous form have been featuring up in the top 10 consistently.
0: Yeah, because Um, we'll uh, get
2: to the other one in a second. Yeah, uh, because I'll mention it
0: quickly here because Ralph Fernandez had his best ever MotoGP finish this weekend in eighth as well. Um, First time he's finished with a single digit next to his name, which is a a great step in the right direction for him because he was 10th at Silverstone um, and he was eighth here. um, Was with Luca Marini and, and Mark Marquez towards the end of that race, which is the most promising Fernandez has looked since joining the top flight two years ago. So hopefully that's a sign that Raul was progressing in the right direction because yeah. we saw him in Moto2. We know how much of a demon that we man know. be.
2: We know that he is better than what has been shown so far. 100%. By a, it is a crying friggin' shame. Insane. That-
0: like, like, he had the single greatest rookie Moto2 season of all time. Like, we know this boy is special when he wants to be. And, and he needs the right environment to make it work. But Ralph Fernandez is mad fast. And I'm glad. I don't think it's
2: hard to get a better environment than what we were seeing at uh, Tech 3 in previous times.
0: Mixed bag on that one, uh, depending (laughs) on who you
2: ask. Um, Uh, Mark Marquez, P7, who. That's insane. Again, folding that bike into knots. Trying to get it to go around corners.
1: The the benchmark for Honda was you are finishing last and second to last. Yeah. That's replacement level riding on a Honda. Mark Marquez yeah. finished seventh.
0: It's 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 Lonnie Smith's nineteen eighty nine, if you've seen the John Boyce video. That's that's how special that perform like Mar- like even the more cynical journos and fans I've seen on Twitter are all like, no, Marquez was fucking class today. Like, they know that that bike is a pile of shit. And Marquez was running with the best bike in the sport with the Ducatis and the Aprilia, which which we know is a very fast bike. Probably the second best bike in the sport right now.
1: Martin Smithsies.
0: Yeah. God damn it. Like, the top eight could all hang their heads high on this one. That was quality riding from the entire top eight. The issue is, is that because Misano is one of the most technical tracks we go to on the MotoGP calendar, it was a dirty air fest, and as a result of that, we didn't get an awful lot of overtaking, which is a shame because
2: very processional.
0: It was it, it was a boring race. There's no getting around it. We had some early te- the first half was full of tension with with Baniara trying everything in his power to try and pass Martin. Martin, but that's we what we've seen
2: a lot, Dre. Yeah, haven't we? It's like we 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 had we get a lot of tension races. Mm. The first, you know, four or five laps throughout the field. And then the tires just, they, they, they melt down and then everyone
0: spreads out. Alicia Spargaro, I think had a great quote to sum this situation up. And it, uh, it, it was, it reminded me a lot of peak formula one. And I'll quickly find it here on the website and I'll, and I'll say it again. This, was, this is what later after the race, he said, quote, in this circuit, it's two things. You overtake like Binder yesterday, which if you saw him in the sprint, my man was making shapes trying to pass people. He was ultra aggressive in trying to make gains. It was like yeah, all the overtakes were on the limit, but good. Very good overtakes. It was very impressive to watch because it's so difficult to do what he did. But you overtake in that way or it's impossible to overtake. Quote, for example, the last three laps I was riding thirty-three zero. 0 and Marini was coming doing 32 lows, 31.9. I saw the papers now to a bit into perspective. The all time race lap record fell in this race. It was a 31.7, I think, from Jorge Martin during this race. Like, 31.9 is about as fast as you get, or as a GP bike round Misano. So, You're at the Marini's limit going... of the
2: physics of the tires at that point.
0: Yeah, Marini was going a second a lap faster. And he was just like, I just defended, and it was impossible for him to overtake me. So yeah, in the end, with the arrow, these will be the rules until 2027. So we need to keep going. They did it. They allowed to do it. So everyone is going that way. End quote.
2: Trey, do you remember? Um, was it the? It was the pandemic 500. It was the 2020 race. Mm. uh, The Indy 500, where it was pretty much the same. Like you could pass for two or three laps if you. Just hung it around the outside of someone, and then the tires would die, and everyone would just spread out. Because exactly could, what we keep seeing
0: in MotoGP. Because you can't run a 500 in August. It's just too hot. Like everybody you can't. You well, can't run the brand was not
1: originally to run the 500 in August, but uh, I don't know if you heard, but <laughs> something happened. Something, about, hap- something <laughs> about a Mexican beer. Um, um yeah, yeah.
0: Something yeah, like, about a something about a,
1: to- a Japanese exclusive Toyota sedan. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> stop! Stop! That's a stop. Ban- That's a better (laughs) reference. Um, Um, But
2: but it's the same thing. It's like the tires just cannot handle what these bikes are putting them through. And even if they could, you've got so little contact patch. If you try to go for a Hail Mary late braking maneuver and you get caught in someone's slipstream, you effectively stall your brakes and you just crash.
0: Right. Um, And it's something that's been mentioned repeatedly in the last year and a half, but it's only making more and more noise. Um, Again, he doesn't need any recommendation from me, but if you've not read Matt Oxley's latest piece about this on motorsportmagazine.com, I highly recommend you do. He goes into a lot of detail about... Look, Matt Oxley has raced in the Isle of Man TT. If he is coming out and saying that this sport might be too dangerous at this point, shut the fuck up and listen to what he has to say. Because uh, he's done it.
2: He's he's done it at the limit.
0: He's done it at the very human limit of what is deemed safe in motorsports. It doesn't get more dangerous than the Isle of Man TT in any context, in any other form of motorsport that we do here. Like, so if, if if Oxley's coming out and saying that, we have a problem. We have a big problem. And this sports product is not in a good way. The top six, for all the impressive performances of its rides, had three overtakes in it over the course of the race. Is that good? You can't sit there and tell me that's entertaining. I mean... Quick sign-up before we get out of here as well, because I want to talk a little bit about KTM again here, and Danny Pedrosa again, glowingly 4th you know, place with the sprint in the race. And by the way, more points than Mark Marquez this year. Danny Pedrosa off two weekends of, of, of riding. No like, again, Honda could really use a rider like that. Yeah. You know that never happened while
2: they were teammates?
0: No. No, in a million years, and yeah, here we are. Um, like, if you ever, if you've noticed, Jack Miller... Is badly out of form right He's now. He's On
2: the struggle bus,
0: like it seems that they've they've done some tweaking to that KTM lately, and Jack has not liked it, and um, it's not gone over well. He's struggled, I'd argue, since the summer break. Maybe not all on him. Silverstone, he was kind of taken out a little bit. That you know was a bit harsh because you know, I think Miller was was bad, and this race, to a degree, again a bit harsh for Katie Pirot. The only cop we like around here uh, speared him, which wasn't ideal. Um, luckily, everybody involved was okay. It was a nasty spill um, um, in real time to look at. Um, but Jack Miller is 10th in the championship right now. He is sitting, and I'm doing the math in my head really quickly here, 69, not nice, points behind Brad Binder in the standings. Like, is Miller putting himself in genuine trouble here? Because we mentioned it before. Pedro Acosta has been promised to KTM. We don't know what color it's going to be yet.
2: Um It's not good, is it? It's not, it's I, not great. I think you mentioned it. Uh, like no one has been doing less with more than Jack over really the last four or five months. I mean, he hasn't K- been
1: on a feature podium since the first Spanish Grand Prix at Herat.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, and like the qualifying is still okay more often than not, but he's just falling like a rock in races. In race trim, is just melting his tires, and the KTM is already a bit of a tire muncher. Still, it's a very slidey bike. It is a slidey bike. I mean, you mentioned Brad Binder making shapes. He was making shapes. The bike was making shapes. His tires were making shapes. Um, Now is not the time for Jack Miller to crater in form when they have a clear rider dilemma about where Acosta is going to end up. Because all they need to do, I mean, given that Gas Gas is just a second factory KTM team at this point, they can just shuffle people around if they need to.
0: I don't think we're at the point yet where they need to seriously consider moving Jack on. Like, Jack, I don't like, I think people are very quick to make these sorts of assessments. However, he's not doing himself any favors. Like, even before the incident here at Masano, he was awful all weekend. And look, maybe it's the nervousness about. His personal life, because for those who don't know, um, his wife's due to give birth literally tomorrow at the time of recording. <laughs> so, oh, congrats! Um, hopefully, by the time this goes out, everybody's out and everybody's safe. Hopefully, fingers crossed, because we do like yeah. Jack. Um, and you know, fatherhood is a big deal. I'd be nervous thinking about that too, uh, when you're taking Ruby everywhere as partner. Um, but boy, like. This is a bad time for you to lose form. Like, like KTM has already got a headache. It's a very alpha towery sort of situation where they've got three riders into two spots. We know Acosta is going to get one of them, but they've they've like Augusto, Augusto Fernandez is giving KTM a genuine headache here because. Paul Spagaro's been injured, he's come back hurt, and he's still nowhere near 100% yet, and Fernandez had scored points in every MotoGP race this season until this weekend, where Morbidetti beat him to keep his own scoring points in every race streak alive this year. They were the only two guys that have done it all year, and Morbidetti kept his alive by finishing 15th this weekend. This sport works in strange and mysterious ways. Um, So... (sighs) I think we need to be a bit careful before jumping to conclusions, but I do find it a little bit concerning that Jack Miller is currently on for his worst MotoGP season since 2018. Like he's been in the top eight every year since then. In fact, he actually was constantly getting better year on year in his time in the, with Ducati as well. And he's gone to KTM and the upside even for Simon time Ducati is not there anymore. Like last year, you forget. He had eight podium finishes in that Ducati. Eight. He has one this year. He well, won a Bender. race last year. On Mary, he dominated the Japanese Grand Prix last year.
2: Yeah, we f- we finished up in Motegi last year. And we thought, well, where the hell was that all season? Right. Um, but Bender is just blowing him out of the water this season.
0: It doesn't help the Binder's having a career year. Binder is sitting fourth right now. He's on for his best. Like he's he's been a top six guy before. Binder's on for his best ever Moto GP season. He's in a clear fourth place at the moment, thirteen points ahead of Lasius Spagaro, who should have been was a title contender through three quarters of last season. Johann Zarco, mm. one of the most consistent riders in, in Moto GP, is twenty six points behind him. Luca Marini's having his best year in MotoGP, still comfortably seventh. Like, way better than Maverick Vignardas, way better than Alex Marquez. He's a quality riders Binder is in front of at the moment. Like, Jack's got to step up. And, and, like, KTM are slipping compared to last year. Like, Aprilia are starting to reel them in in that fight for second in the manufacturers. They're they're 16 points behind right now. They've got to be careful, because Aprilia's been the hot hand since the summer break.
2: That well, I tend to wonder in the in the order of the bikes. I mean, I feel like and I think I mentioned this on last week's show. It feels like KTM are a definitive third best when Aprilia, like now that Aprilia is starting to kind of get some momentum, it's just Binder keeping them afloat. And unfortunately, in this race, Binder crashed out from fourth and was yeah, furious got, to have done so. Binder's,
1: yeah, Binder's title hopes <laughs> like he's got eleven
0: points the last two rounds. It's that's time then. Yeah, he, he he did well to get back in the points after the crash. is still finishing 14th. Like it's like that says a lot about the grit of Brad Binder. But he's not going to be winning the championship this year. Not oh, a chance. Um, I don't and, think that was ever on the cards, really. No, and he's 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 been the best non Ducati, which is worth something in this sport oh, right
2: now. By a mile and a stretch.
0: Yeah, um, but he's got a lace reel in him in. So he's going to be careful about that. Like, yeah, he's going to be careful about that. I, I don't think we're at the point with Miller where you got to talk about cutting him all together for Pedro Acosta. Like, Acosta will end up on one of these free bikes, no question. I don't think it's for Jack. I, I, I still think they're going to tell Augusto to go down to Moto Two again for a year or become a test rider. Um, it's rough, but we'll have to wait and see how we go.
2: All right,
0: right. Let's get out of here. Um, yeah, Moto GP was um. A very interesting procession. And hopefully we don't say that about the next round in Uh, India. What is
1: the next round, by the way? Because uh, from what I understand, it could either be this weekend or it could be the weekend after Nets, depending on what is set on Thursday.
0: Yeah, there is a riders meeting on Thursday between the top flights. Like we are meant to be going to the Buddha International Circuit for the for the first the indian Vetteldrum. the the Vettel for the first indian grand prix um on on september 24th there is genuine safety concerns about that track on bikes and the circuit has not been homologated yet and apparently it won't be until next thursday well when do they race uh that weekend
1: is that <laughs>
0: um
2: MotoGP, What the fuck
0: Enough. are you doing? <sighs> like, I'm sorry. No, no, no matter which way you slice it, it is not a good sign that you are homologating a Grand Prix for Grand Prix-level motorcycle racing with the most powerful and dangerous bikes you've ever had in this sport on the weekend you're racing. I have a strong inkling they'll be going to Buddha, but they will not be going for an Indian Grand Prix you heard it here first we'll have to wait and see if it doesn't happen we'll let you know about it um, and then the next race
1: would be October 1st at Mobility Resort Motegi.
0: yep that round the, the, which could be a very critical round pertaining to Mark Marquez's future because we all know that is Honda's home ground the big big Honda will be down there that weekend words will likely be exchanged we'll have to wait and see but uh, we'll see what happens when we get there. Uh, MotoGP will be back maybe next weekend in India. We'll talk about it then. But since uh, until- We can
1: guarantee it will be back b- at least before October 1st.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, until then, I've been Dre Harrison, they've been RJ O'Connell, and Cam Buckley. Until next time, thank you very much for listening. Sayonara.
1: Later, y'all.
2: Wonder if Harley Davidson would pick up Mark Marquez.